Hey, ready to travel? Welcome to From Sarah's Passport, where each episode will be traveling to a new country. I'll take you on a virtual tour of each place while giving you top secret tips and must-know information about it. So, pack your bags and let's go! It's a piece of cake. It's simple, it's no problem, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. I'm sure that many of you know this phrase and have probably used it before in your life. The country that says this is also home to many other idioms, such as knock on wood, it's not rocket science, call it a day, and many more. While this country isn't necessarily known for its fun phrases, they're definitely still very interesting to say. So I'll give some hints as to where we are, like always, but if you don't know this country already, I think that you'll probably get it pretty quickly. So this country has an area of almost 10 million square miles and is home to over 300 million people as of 2019. Interestingly, it has no official language and it's divided into 50. Now I'm sure you know where we are. Welcome to the United States of America. Funnily enough, the U.S. is actually one of the countries that I've spent the least amount of time living in, although I do go there every year for summer break. I was born there in Maryland, but I only lived there for a few months. I lived in Virginia for one year in second grade, and then in Illinois for two years in sixth and seventh grade. And now after this year, I will be spending my senior year in Michigan as I am moving again. So without further ado, let's get into the Q&A. First off, how many national parks are there in the U.S.? If you're not sure what a national park is, it's basically an area set aside by a national government to preserve the natural environment. Everyone in the U.S. loves to go to the national parks, which are beautiful landmarks with lots of natural sightseeing, hiking, and relaxing opportunities. According to the National Park Foundation, the U.S. actually has 423 national park sites, and they extend over 84 million acres of land. However, only 63 of these sites actually include the name National Park as part of their proper name. Some examples of this being Acadia, Yellowstone, Everglades, and the Grand Canyon. The thing about national parks that I think makes them super special is that they encompass historical monumental landmarks. So if you're ever visiting one, it can kind of make you feel like you're traveling back in time when you're standing there. When I was a little younger, we used to go to national parks a lot. We still do, but there was one thing that we used to do a lot, which is that my older brothers and I would do this junior park ranger activity where you got this booklet that had a bunch of different activities in it related to the parks. And then afterwards, when you were done completing it, you would get it checked by a real park ranger. And then you would do an oath to protect the earth and your natural environment as best you can and then get a gold badge to keep. So I have one hat at home that has every badge that I've ever gotten from the parks on there over the years. I think these badges are really special like keepsakes to have because each one of them looks different and they're super pretty and they have a little design that represents a park. So if you ever do go to a national parks with younger siblings or maybe someday you go with your kids or even if you just go by yourself or your friends, I would recommend definitely taking a look at those badges. 
Two, does the U.S. have a national flower? Yes, it does. I was actually surprised to hear about this since I don't think I've heard a lot about the story and the facts behind it, but the national flower of the USA is a rose. Essentially, in 1986, the rose was designated the official flower and floral emblem. This is because it's a symbol of love and beauty, and it grows naturally throughout North America. Each of the 50 states also has their own official state flower. And something that I think is interesting is that Georgia, Iowa, and North Dakota state flowers are all different variations of the rose. Next, what about the Hollywood Walk of Fame? How many stars are there? Over 2,690 stars are embedded in Hollywood Boulevard and Vine Street. They're meant to permanentize a monument of achievement within the entertainment industry and has had an estimated 10 million annual visitors as of 2010. There are five emblem options on the stars that represent motion pictures, broadcast TV, audio or music recordings, broadcast radio, and theater slash live performances. Almost half of these stars have been awarded in the motion pictures category. And according to the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, approximately 20 new stars are added to the Walk of Fame each and every year. But also, there are stars that aren't on the Walk of Fame. People who have been honored with a star can request a specific location for their star. For example, Lin-Manuel Miranda is on the front of the theater where he played in In the Heights and Hamilton. And before I wrap up this little segment on the walk, I wanted to mention one cool thing that I learned, which is that actress Carol Burnett was honored with a star in 1986, but in 1951 she ushered at a movie theater, and she advised a couple that was arriving during the last few minutes of a showing to wait for the next one in order to avoid spoiling the ending. But her manager fired her on the spot for this and humiliated her in the theater lobby. So when she finally earned her star, she got it placed right in front of that same theater. And speaking of movies, what are the most successful American ones? The top six highest grossing films are Star Wars The Force Awakens, Avengers Endgame, Avatar, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Titanic. Sorry, I had to make it the top six because Titanic's my favorite movie and we had to include it. But when comparing to movies adjusted for ticket price inflation to 2019 levels, the top highest grossing films are Gone with the Wind, Star Wars, The Sound of Music, E.T., Titanic, and The Ten Commandments. So that was a lot of information. What's just a cool, random, maybe little-known fact about the USA? I've got just the one. So there is a corn palace in the U.S., which is quite literally a building covered with corn that's a very popular tourist attraction in South Dakota. Interestingly enough, it's actually a concert venue, and it hosts sports events, exhibits, and tons of other community events. But they, of course, also have a citywide festival to honor it for being the Corn Palace near harvest time in August and September. So you guys know what time it is now, hidden travel gem time. So I had to think about this one for a while because the U.S. is huge and there's a ton of places to go, but I finally made a decision. So I think a wonderful place to go is Frankenmuth, Michigan. Frankenmuth is one of my all-time favorite places in the world, and I go there almost every year with my family. It's a city in Michigan that has a lot of Bavarian-style architecture, so it's really cool to just walk around and look at the buildings because it feels a little bit like you're in Germany. 
it also kind of feels like a theme park, just that there's no rides, but it's just super cool. So it feels like a theme park. And it has a ton of little shops where they sell clothes, gifts, and make things like homemade saltwater taffy and fudge. And you can peer in through the big glass windows that they have at the shop and just admire like the workers and how they have cool taffy pulling machines. I think it's just really cool to just walk around, even if you're not shopping, just to look inside the shop because the workers are also passionate about what they do. And it's just so fun to watch. And they also have the biggest Christmas store in the world, which is called Bronner's Christmas Wonderland. It's exactly how you would imagine it. It's magical. And they sell all sorts of decorations and treats for the holidays. You can buy personalized ornaments with you and your family's names on them, which I think is really nice. So Frankenmuth is just a really cool place to walk around, get some air, and have some fun with family, friends, or even by yourself. So I'm really excited for the Hidden Food Gem this week because it comes from Chicago, where I used to live. So I just feel a very special connection to it, like Michigan. So I chose Garrett Popcorn, which is a Chicago brand that specializes in making homemade popcorn. I know a lot of people might be thinking, it's just popcorn, like what's the big deal? But you seriously need to try it. That's kind of what I thought before I had it. I was just kind of like, it just it's just popcorn. But then you try it and you're like, wow, my world has just been flipped upside down. They have a ton of flavors and their most famous one is their Chicago mix, which is half caramel and half cheese popcorn. Not like one piece of popcorn that's half of each. It's like a bag filled with half of each flavor. So that sounds weird, but it's super good, super iconic, and it's made fresh every day. So Garrett is just a great place to stop by and check out if you're ever in the Chicago area. And they also have it in the airport in Chicago, which I also think is really cool. So like I mentioned earlier, the U.S. actually does not have an official language. The most widely spoken language, though, is English. However, since we all speak English, I thought it would be a good idea to learn how to speak a little bit of a Native American language. So I picked Navajo because... It's the most widely spoken Native American language and has nearly 170,000 speakers. So I don't speak Navajo, but I did try to learn a few words and phrases that I can share with you. So firstly, a greeting is yate. It does not directly mean hello, but a lot of people use it kind of just to mean hello. But I learned from this channel on YouTube called Navajo Traditional Teachings that it actually means like it is good. So when people say it, they usually point to their heart and then move their hand away, which they want to represent that among the surface of Mother Nature, everything is good. So if you want to greet someone, you can say yate and then do the hand gesture. Also, if you want to introduce yourself, you would say your name and then yinishie. So for example, I would say Sarah, Yinishie, Miss Andrea would say, Miss Andrea, Yinishie, and so on. And lastly, on the line of introductions, to ask how someone's doing, you can say, Haipanina. So the phrases we've learned are, Yate, which means it is good, but it's kind of said to mean hello. Yinishie, which you say after saying your name, and Haipanina which means, how are you doing? 
So as I said, I do not speak Navajo, so my pronunciation is not perfect, but I listen to some native speakers online and their pronunciation to try to learn a little bit more about how to speak this language. So I hope you were also able to learn a little bit. Thank you so much for coming along with me to another traveling experience. I hope you've enjoyed your time here and hope you'll join me next week. Safe travels, everybody. <laughs>